0: Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The West Steps, and I am very excited for this week's conversation, and you're going to, I think you're going to get a lot out of this. And without further ado, can you tell us who you are and why suspension and expulsion is dear to your heart?
1: Yes, I am Rosemary Allen, and I'm an assistant professor at Metropolitan State University of Denver. I have been working on the topic of early childhood suspensions and expulsions all my life, although I didn't know it at the time. I started out being that suspended child. From the time I entered kindergarten, I was suspended multiple times a year. I would say multiple times a month. Oh, wow. And, um, and during those times that I was being suspended, I didn't know why. I didn't understand why I was in so much trouble. Mm -hmm. I was just confused. After a while, that confusion led to resentment, and then I knew why I was suspended. Mm -hmm. And then I just remember thinking as I was in high school that I wanted to be a teacher so that no child in my class would ever feel the way that I felt through most of my academic career.
0: So you took your personal experience and then made a career choice out of it. Did you see it happening in your community all the time? Or was it something that you saw, but it wasn't reflected anywhere else?
1: Um, I saw a few of the same children being suspended. So, So the same children were being suspended over and over. And of course, as a young child, I didn't know what, the data said. But now we know that a child who has been suspended is much more likely to be suspended over and over again. What's so interesting about my upbringing, as I've now become a researcher, mm-hmm. is that I'm a, I am ai am a beneficiary of the Brown versus Board of Education decision. Mm-hmm. So I was one of those children who had the benefit, had the experience Mm -hmm. of being taught by white teachers who actually had no interactions with blacks before that time. They had no interactions with us. They didn't know the community where they were working. And I believe that there were lots of cultural disconnects. Um, Research shows that White teachers, right after this Brown versus Board of Education decision, when they interacted with children, they, black children were criticized more, interacted with less, highly punitive, disciplinary classroom measures. And there was one s- sentence in a report that I read, and it said, black girls who were smart were treated worse of all. That's insane. That, I, I tell you, it brought me to my knees. It was the middle of the night when I was reading the article and I sobbed because it was the first time I had an inkling that it wasn't me. Yeah, It was the first time I was able to shed shed the shame of having been suspended, shed the shame of having been such a bad child. It was at that moment that I realized it wasn't me. It, was, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was a powerful moment.
0: And, and you had that experience as, mm-hmm. a, as an adult. And I, I mean, I think just to think about what that means for really young children mm-hmm. and how that shapes their self worth and they, how they interact with authority figures and in a classroom setting. You talked a little bit about the data. Can mm-hmm. you give us some more um, insights on in what the, that looks like for Colorado and what that looks like, especially in the early childhood? space. What does that mean for
1: kids of color? And absolutely, Colorado's data reflects national data. And what we know is first, boys are suspended a lot. Boys are suspended. While they make up 54% of the overall preschool population, they are 78% of those who are suspended. Black children are suspended a lot. Black children make up about 19% of the preschool population, but 48% of those who are suspended. And what I'm most concerned about right now is this growing trend of little black girls in preschool because they make up only 20% of the female preschool population but 54% of those who are suspended. Wow. And we have to be concerned about this and and when you look at it we we look at data and we say okay well black children are up to four times more likely to be suspended than their white peers but we cannot address this opportunity or achievement gap until we address the discipline gap, mm-hmm. because children can't learn when they're not in school. school. Yeah, But even more than that, what it does to them. Just like you said, I was an adult when I realized it wasn't me. We have little children, three- and four-year-olds who are labeled already who already feel that they don't belong. And data shows that children who are suspended are 10 times more likely to enter the juvenile justice system. And they are much more likely to disengage from the learning process. They're more likely to drop out of school. And like I said before, they're much more likely to to be suspended again and again and again. So I think this
0: is, you know, what you would expect, right, for Young children. These are kids. We're not talking about high schoolers. We're not even talking about middle age, uh, middle school kids. We are talking about babies. Um, And I just want to uh, touch a little bit on what 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 is this um, this disciplinary measure? They this kid seems to me are being suspended and expelled for adult behavior, for behaviors, I think kids would grow out of and behaviors that can be corrected in a classroom setting. Yes. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I feel like why we sus- sus- suspending and expelling kids might be complicated. I think it's worth talking a little bit about the behaviors that we mm-hmm. are punishing.
1: And and you're absolutely right. The behaviors that we're punishing children for are typical childlike behaviors. For crying for biting, and they're saying for fighting, but I don't even label children, young children, as fighting. They are using the measures they know to get what they want. Yeah. So I would say disagreements that turn physical mm-hmm. for um, noncompliance, for not sharing. Mm-hmm. And these are all the things we know that children will do. We have to remember that these are babies. A three-year-old has only been on the planet three years. Yeah. And the first year, they didn't even know how their bodies worked. Yeah. And the second year, do we expect children, two, three, four, to handle intense adult emotions that we ourselves have trouble, trouble handling. Most adults have trouble. Most (laughs) of them. It's so funny because I often ask um, my participants when I do workshops, what behaviors do children engage in when they get upset? And they give you the typical scream, hit, kick, bite, fight. And I said, well, what do adults do? And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Well, children have an excuse and we really don't. But the other part of this is that some children are engaging in the same behaviors as others, but they are being suspended and expelled. And those are children of color and boys. So we have to ask ourselves, what's happening that children of color are being suspended at a much higher rate? Yeah, I, I think that's
0: one that's I want to drill on a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. So for the same behavior. Yes. So two identical kids. Yes. A black boy and a white girl could be mm-hmm. participating in the same behavior. and you're telling me the black boy is more likely to get suspended or expelled.
1: Not only only am I telling you, but I have seen it multiple times, firsthand and i have to say that our teachers in this field they're there because they love children and they want to make a difference but they are not aware of the biases that they carry into that classroom that allows some children to be criminalized and others to be forgiven and studies show that black children are thought to be more criminal more culpable and less innocent than their white peers and this is what we're seeing in the classroom this bias is adversely impacting children of color and we're going to have to make the teachers workforce the teaching workforce aware of the biases and the bias lens through which they see children
0: so I mean um, white teachers teaching kids of color is not necessarily a new phenomena But it seems like to me that there's a very punitive disciplinary response to a behavior that should be corrected in a classroom has uh, gained momentum nationwide. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk to us why uh, what are the the, uh, factors that affect teachers to resort to such you talked a little bit about the bias um, to resort to behaviors that actually put that kid on a track? more to a more um, difficult uh, life outcome than if they had responded differently? What are the factors that makes um, teachers who really want to do good in a classroom um, resort to such methods?
1: And that's a very, very good question because one of the things that we're not looking at is what teachers are bringing with them. We are the lowest paid workforce in our country and many of our teachers even qualify for the subsidies that parents have in low-income areas. Wow. So we have teachers who qualify for food stamps, who qualify for child care subsidy, who, subsidies, who qualify for housing subsidies. So they have their own issues. And what we know is that implicit bias is most likely to show up in times of stress and where you have to make very quick decisions. Dr. Mar- um, Dr. Kent McIntosh did remarkable work on on this. And he called them vulnerable decision points. So you have highly stressed teachers mm-hmm. in a highly stressful classroom, and they feel that they, they don't have the tools to address challenging behaviors. And then all of a sudden, you have this perfect storm where teachers are just overwhelmed. And when they have to make snap decisions, or when there's an appearance that a child is not complying, then the implicit bias shows up. And that's when they're most likely to engage in implicit bias, and also to use the harshest treatment available, which is suspensions and expulsions.
0: So I think um, what I hear you describe is a more systemic, mm-hmm. a more structural um, system that is almost influenced and, and works against the best interest of kids. Mm-hmm. Um I think when we think about teachers and the very stressful situation they're in and on top of the fact that they're highly um, underpaid, one thing that comes to mind is also the disproportionality between um, teachers who look like the kids they're teaching. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to us about what this means, especially in this early um, childhood suspension expulsion area, kids who grow up and never seeing a teacher who looks like them and teachers who don't look like them, penalizing them for at a higher rate than their peers.
1: Yes, and research research shows that a child of color who has a same-race teacher has improved outcomes even if they have one teacher who looks like them. Wow. We know that that makes a difference. Having one teacher in 12 years of schooling who looks like them makes a difference in their outcomes. But the other side of that is when you have teachers... Who, has very, who have had very little react, interactions with children of color coming in, that there are cultural disconnects and misinterpretations of behaviors simply because you're not aware of what's happening at home. One of the reasons that young girls are suspended so much is for so-called sassiness. <laughs> and we are sassy from birth, <laughs> and Think be an from every classroom <laughs> absolutely, and when the teacher doesn't understand the 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 vocal norms, the call and response, the interactions of the children that they're working with, they're more likely to see it as rude as intrusive, as loud, and those are some of the disconnects that we see that leads to harsh discipline of young children,
0: yeah um. So I think, you know, I believe in policy change. So I think there's a lot of work that we need to be thinking about doing in a classroom to really explain implicit bias to teachers and better coping mechanism and provide resources. What is Colorado doing to curb this problem? And and what does this mean for um, kids currently at school, but kids who are going to be so, – Uh, going into school in the next couple of years.
1: And there's actually right now in Colorado, there's a four pronged approach. One is um, implementing a behavioral management system that works. And right now, the pyramid model, which has been in Colorado for at least 10 or 12 years, they are using this approach that has been really enhanced with um, um, information about implicit bias, culturally responsive practices, a lot of equity tools to make sure that it's being implemented through the lens of equity. So that's one Aspect. The other is that Colorado has also added 17 early childhood mental health consultants to its overall force, workforce. Um, thirdly, the incredible years, they received a half a million dollar um, um, grant so that they can, in, and that's another behavioral ma- management system that's being implemented. But what's really important is that we have created legislation to eliminate. Preschool suspensions in Colorado, and this is this this is critical because we have to understand, as um, it's been said, that suspensions are not at all a tool; um, they are a weapon, yeah. and we can no longer use this as a tool for our children. It causes harm. When I mean, you think about what a tool does, a tool improves, enhances, and builds up. This is not a tool that builds, enhances, or builds up. It's a a tool that causes harm, that destroys. So this bill will allow us to remove that tool. And subsequent bills will allow us to put in all of the resources for teachers so that they can address, prevent, and prevent challenging behaviors in the classroom and promote social-emotional learning and awareness of bias and culturally responsive practices.
0: That's amazing. So this multi-layered approach it seems to be the way forward. And I think one last question I have is um, this has not just educational outcomes or physical outcomes for the state, but I think the psychological damage that it does to kids is immeasurable. Um, and I think... Uh, it leaves not just the kids, but also the parents devastated. Mm-hmm. So what advice or what um, words of wisdom can you share to the parents in their way to advocate for this legislation and to speak up for their kids? What, what is the best approach for parents to get involved in this issue, especially parents of color, to raise this issue and and get their voices heard so their kids are getting the best
1: outcome from the educational system? First is know your rights. Know your rights when your child is suspended, especially if your child has special needs. Second, believe your child. I had a parent who said, "Rosemary, my son kept telling me it was only the black boys who are getting suspended, and I didn't believe him. Believe your child. Know your child. Go to the school and make sure that teacher knows who you are and make sure you know who she is. Dr. Walter Gilliam said he had never seen a suspension occur. When the parent and the teacher knew and liked each other, get to know your child's teacher, make sure that that child's teacher knows you. And more importantly, that that child's teacher, your child's teacher knows your child. Thirdly is to get involved in policy. As parents, we're busy and we're taking care of families and working. And some of us trying to go to school Mm -hmm. show up at the state capitol testify on legislation if your child has been suspended you know the impact it had on your family for young children who are suspended parents have to take off work this can interfere with the parents ability to work to take care of their families more than that some families they don't even understand all of this data and what's happening and it can also create the a, a negative interaction between the parent and child it yeah. can cause parents to become very upset with their children and even engage sometimes in harsh treatment of their children. Mm. So we need to make sure that parents are involved, they know their rights, they know their child, they make sure the teacher knows their child, have that relationship, and get in, get involved with policy at the school level, at the local level, and at the state mm-hmm. level.
0: Well, I just want to thank you so much for making the time and not only explaining this from uh, this very high level data and research perspective, but also sharing your experience and your advocacy efforts. And for those of you who are listening and who want to get involved in this issue or want to tell your story, um, you can reach out to us anytime. You can subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and um, we'll keep you updated on that legislation. And we'll talk to you again next week.